0: It is Friday, September 20th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Shoff, with me as always, is Jared Smola, and this podcast is sponsored by our partners at fanshare.sports.com. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool right now on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FansharesSports.com. On DraftSharks right now, you can also read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend, covering cash and GPP tournaments. I'll throw in some showdown info for the Sunday and Monday night games in case you want to play those. And also, come Saturday morning, you can see the lineups that Jared and I are playing against each other in the Shark Duel. Jared, you took me down pretty easily in Week 2. Any takeaways from your performance?
1: I mean, it wasn't a great week. I think the difference was I got to Brady over Derek Carr, and then uh, Tyler Boyd worked out well for me me with uh, 17.2 points.
0: Yep. I said on the DraftKings pod that I played Derek Carr too much this week. I proved it by playing him in both of the staff challenges here. Okay spot for him, but I think the thing that I need to do here is realize that Derek Carr was okay, just not okay for playing in a bunch of places.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, probably more of a tournament play just because
0: he's Derek Carr. (laughs) Even that, you know, if you're going to play some Derek Carr in a tournament, also play somebody else in the tournament because (laughs) he's... car I Watkins was a disappointment but I mean that one was just bad TD luck he saw 13 targets in that game yep definitely we'll both be back at it for week three we'll show our show you our lineups in the free post for this podcast on Saturday morning for now though Jared why don't you please start us off with a cash quarterback I honestly don't have like a
1: a guy I'm loving for cash this week on FanDuel, so it's definitely gonna be a week where I build my lineup everywhere else and then sort of see what I can fit for cash still, I do think Tom Brady makes sense again. His price, I believe, stayed the same at seven eight hundred bucks, and you know he's in just as good of a spot back at home this week actually. And the Patriots implied for thirty two point seven five points, so you know, pretty good bet for multiple touchdowns from Brady again.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with Tom Brady as a, a good option there. And I mean, the only concern, again, would probably be that they score too many points. But he was in the game at Miami right up until the end. And if they're yep. scoring a bunch of points, he's probably going to be involved in plenty of them. So I agree with him being in play there. Uh, Matthew Stafford at 6,900 also is a favorite target of mine. I Probably won't play him in both challenges here because I think that there's a chance for Derek Carr disease. I don't think Stafford's <laughs> a wonderful player but he's all right. Stafford ranks just 18th actually in pro football focus passing grade so far among starters. But do you know who's worse than him among other players? Case Keenum at 29, Matt Ryan at 26. Why do those players matter? Because they combined for 700 passing yards and six touchdowns against the Eagles the past two weeks. That's who Stafford gets this week. Again, if you don't want to go Stafford, you can try Tom Brady at home. That's not likely to let you down. And I thought it was interesting to note, Jared, that even at 8,500 bucks, Lamar Jackson still leads our FanDuel dollars per point rankings.
1: Yeah, I was surprised to see that too. So, you know, again, if you can get up to Jackson, I think he makes plenty of sense. Um, Stafford's my tournament guy, actually. um, Projected at 1.6% ownership, which is crazy to me. I, I, I do think there's some risk with him on the road, but obviously upside, as you mentioned, Keenum and Ryan both lit up the Eagles. Philly actually now, dating back to last season, they've allowed 320 plus passing yards in five of their last six
0: games. And Stafford, it's been like three or four years now since he was markedly better at home than he was on the road. He's mm-hmm. just fine on the road. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I think Stafford's in play there. Tom Brady, uh, according to fanshare right now, is projected at 2.2% ownership. I, I expect that's going to come up, but I think he's in the tournament consideration as well.
1: Yeah. And, um, no one is on Josh Gordon this week. Um I, I you know, I don't have him here as my tournament wide up, but I'm definitely gonna have some Josh Gordon. Um, you know, I, I know it was all Antonio Brown last week, but Gordon was still basically a full time player, you know, still obviously a big talent. So I think a Brady
0: Gordon stack is interesting. And if I play Brady here, I'm probably playing two of his wideouts. I haven't looked into their prices further to see Kyler Murray 7200 also in play. he's got two affordable high target wide receivers that you could use for stacking and then the Josh Allen John Brown stack I think is also interesting against the Bengals this weekend. Yep, agreed. Running back.
1: who do you like on the cash side? Austin Eckler, same as on DraftKings. I think he's undervalued here on FanDuel as well. Um, 7,600 bucks come, comes in as the second best dollars per point value. He leads all running backs in FanDuel points through two weeks. He's he's basically getting the usage that Melvin Gordon got the past few years. Um, Eckler is 16th among running backs in carries, fifth in targets, seventh in total opportunities. He's also been their guy around the goal line. He's third league wide with five carries inside the 10. Nice matchup here. Nice spot for Eckler at home as a favorite against the Texans who have allowed 5.5 yards per carry to running back so far
0: this season. Yeah. The only risk with Eckler at this point is that he's like 25, he's going to be 25 to 30% owned or so maybe even more for cash. So, you know, if something does happen, if Houston is much better this week, if he gets hurt or something, it's going to drag down a lot of the field, but that's really it. So if that's it, then he has to be in consideration for you. I'm also going to go with my same running back from the cash games on DraftKings, and it's Chris Carson at seven thousand bucks. Fifth in our FanDuel dollars per point rankings this week. Thirteenth among running backs in fan in total FanDuel points for the season. Tied for ninth at the position in total opportunities. That includes an eighteen percent share of Seattle targets so far. So he's the receiving back ahead of Rashad Penny. It's not just mm-hmm. that Chris Carson's the ball carrier. Seattle is the home favorite this week by four and a half points. So he's an even safer bet to get those carries tied for 10th in running back price on the main slate. So Carson's not priced above where he belongs. He comes in with a high floor and a high ceiling this week, I think.
1: Yep. Like Chris Carson tournament running back. I'm going to David Johnson here. Um, You know, he, I believe he comes in number one in our dollars per point uh, values. And he's only projected at 9.1% ownership at 7,000 bucks. And I, People are getting scared off by last week, but you know, last week he hurts his wrist early, comes back. The Cardinals are playing from behind. It was a tough matchup anyways against Baltimore, who's been you know a top five running back defense for a while now. David Johnson in, in a much better spot this week, home for Carolina, who's given up 4.5 yards per carry through running backs. They're 23rd in Football Outsiders' run defense DVOA. Let's remember, too, that David Johnson saw 18 carries and seven targets in that opener. Yeah, I think he could get back to that type of volume
0: this week. I'm going to bother you by picking Frank Gore here at $5,700. He is easily the lowest-priced feature back. And with Devin Singletary now ruled out because of the hamstring injury, I think that's what Gore is going to be this week. Bills are heavy home favorites, six points over the Bengals. And the last time we saw Cincinnati on the field, they allowed three 49ers running backs to finish among the top 15 in FanDuel points, so I definitely think that there is room for Frank Gore to deliver on his salary for us this week.
1: I guess. I mean, I you know, I, I still think he, he's got to finish as, like, a top 10 running back to pay off in tournaments, which is possible, but probably needs a couple touchdowns to do it.
0: I don't know. <laughs> All right, over to wide receiver, what you got?
1: Um, for cash games, either of these Cardinals wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, both priced at fifty nine hundred bucks. I think my lean is to Fitzgerald at this point, just because he's gotten better usage so far. Um, he's tied for third among all wide receivers and targets. He ranks sixth among all wide receivers in air yards, which is surprising. You know, he's he's getting used more downfield in Cliff Kingsbury's offense than he has in the previous few years. Um, and Fitz obviously has produced with that volume. Eight catches, 113 yards, and a score in the opener. Five catches, 104 yards
0: in week two. Also, according to Pro Football Reference, Fitzgerald has seen five of the team's seven targets inside the 10-yard line. So I agree on both of those guys being in play. I agree with Fitzgerald being the top pick between them. I think that the red zone role in particular makes him not only a good cash game play, but also a good uh, tournament bet. What are you doing with Nelson Aguilar before we get away from him? 4,800 easily leads all wideouts in dollars per point on both sites, according to our rankings, projected for 17% ownership, according to fan chair right now.
1: Yeah, so that ownership will keep me away from him in tournaments. Um, and I honestly haven't built my cash lineup yet on FanDuel. Seems like Aguilar is less necessary on FanDuel than DraftKings, but definitely still an option. He's, he's, probably not going to let you down at that price. And even if he does, he, he's so cheap. You're going to be so stacked elsewhere that your lineup can still be fine.
0: I agree. I don't think he's far enough away from everybody else to be a must play here. I don't think he's a, enough of a lock for production to be a must play, but he's also cheap enough that I don't think he's a must fade. Cause even if he disappoints at 4,800 bucks, you've got plenty of room to make up for that around him. And he does allow for some roster flexibility in a week where we've got expensive options at tight end. We've got some higher level, wide receivers and, of course, the two quarterbacks in that Chiefs-Ravens game. Mm-hmm. So over on the tourney side, I, I mentioned I'm also interested in Larry Fitzgerald there. I also want at least one guy from the, the trio that's sitting at 7000 bucks. Sammy Watkins, 7100 Kenny Galladay, 7000 Mike Evans, 7100 None of those guys is sneaky. They're all projected for 10-plus percent ownership, but all three carry big game potential. Watkins and Galladay, it's obvious, I think. They've each delivered that already this year, so we know that they can do it. The matchups look good for each of those guys this week. Evans hung six catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown on the Giants last year at their place. This year, he's not delivering yet so far, but it's waiting. I mean, he at his average depth of target so far is 18 yards. That is a little bit more than six yards deeper than Chris Godwin. And the matchup is good against the Giants, who have already allowed three pass plays of 40-plus yards this season – only the Jaguars and Raiders have allowed more. And the Jaguars, of course, have played three games now. Giants have also allowed the league's third highest passer rating to this point and the third most uh, passing yards per game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think Sammy Watkins and Kenny Galladay are in play for cash games. And I think they definitely make sense in tournaments when their ownership's not going to be too, too high. I mentioned Josh Gordon is a tournament play. You know, he's coming in projected at less than 1% ownership. I, I think Antonio Brown's projected in like the double digits and again. Gordon played more than Antonio Brown last week. That that might change this week, but you know when you factor in the ownerships, I think Gordon makes a lot more sense. I'll throw out DeAndre Hopkins too. Um, you know, he's he's projected to be low owned on DraftKings. I think he'll be even lower owned on FanDuel here because he's actually priced 600 bucks more than even the number two wide receiver Julio Jones. So you know Hopkins is expensive, but he can definitely pay off that price tag. We've seen him do it. Chargers so far have struggled against number one wide receivers. They gave up 87 yards and two touchdowns to T.Y. Hilton in week one, and then 117 yards and one score to Kenny Galladay in week two.
0: Over at tight end, what are you thinking for cash?
1: I'm just all in on George Kittle for cash games and tournaments. I think he's underpriced at 6,600 bucks. So I think he's a good cash game play. It's George Kittle. We know he has upside. He had the two touchdowns called back in week one, which you know prevented him from having a huge game. Good matchup here too against the Steelers. Dead last in football outsiders tight end coverage, gave up the two touchdowns to Will Disley last week. And then you know on the tournament side, he's projected at just eight point eight percent ownership despite you know being underpriced. So I think he makes a lot of sense in tournaments.
0: I can see that. If I'm staying cheaper than that, though, I like Darren Waller at four, at fifty nine hundred dollars on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. He's only a hundred dollars more than Austin Hooper. There are five tight ends ahead of Waller in our FanDuel dollars for point rankings. All five of them cost at least $500 more in FanDuel salary. We're still figuring out what the Vikings are as a tight end matchup. Austin Hooper caught all nine of his targets against them in week one. We went into that one thinking it was a positive matchup. Last week, Green Bay tight ends caught none of their three targets. And it's not that's not a good group of tight ends. But football yeah. also rates Minnesota seventh in tight end coverage so far. So again, that's a developing situation. We'll see how it is as a matchup going forward. But... Waller is the target leader for the Raiders and Tyrell Williams is entering this game with a hip injury. So that adds further upside to Waller as does the matchup, which the Raiders are likely to spend the day trailing. So there should be plenty flying his way and, you know, we're buying opportunities more than anything else.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't expect the Raiders offense to get much done in Minnesota, which I think probably hurts the upside, but I mean, Waller has been a huge part of that passing game already. And then, like you said, Tyrell Williams banged up. Josh Jacobs banged up and is sick, evidently. So, yeah, I, I think Waller is probably going to be the focal point of the
0: passing game this week. Mm-hmm. On the tourney side, of course, the expensive guys make sense. I think if, you're, if you want to spend a little bit less, O.J. Howard has a good matchup. If he wants yeah. to bounce back at some point, Austin Hooper at 5,800 has a good matchup and a better offense than Darren Waller. So I would be more interested in those guys than Waller. On the tournament side, where we want to maximize the points, if you really want to go down low though to be able to spend elsewhere, I think Kyle Rudolph at 4,800, Jason Mm Witten at 5,000, Jimmy Graham at 4,900, if he's ready to go, are options.
1: Yeah, I would avoid Graham just with the groin issue, even if he plays. Um, But I think this is a a good week to use OJ Howard. Um, I think everyone's off him because of the week two goose egg, but you know we'd like the spot for the Bucks' passing game, I still believe in OJ Howard's talent. So I wouldn't be surprised if he bounced back this week. And then I think Jason Witten, I mean, not exciting, but I, I think he, he's a pretty good touchdown bet in this spot against the Dolphins. Witten, of course, has scored the first
0: two weeks already. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. If we're spending down at tight end, we're looking for somebody who can steal a touchdown. So that's why Witten makes sense. I think that's why Jimmy Graham is in play if he's active for the game, because even if he sees three targets again, he's a decent red zone bet for them. Yep, exactly. Over to Flex. We got Aaron Jones at 6,900 in a game that Green Bay should control. I like David Johnson at 7,000 here. And I think Joe Mixon's in play at 6,500. Yeah,
1: Mixon would probably be more of a tournament play for me. But for cash, I like those guys you mentioned. That that, that David Johnson, Chris Carson, Aaron Jones territory, they're all between 6,900 and 7,000
0: bucks. I think that's where you want to be looking. I think Marquise Brown is also not somebody you typically consider on FanDuel, but I think he's mm-hmm. underpriced at 6,100 based on his target volume so far, I think we'll see plenty of Baltimore passing in this and Marquise Brown's only projected at 10% ownership. So not as high Mm -hmm. as I would expect and a high scoring ceiling might be more of a tournament decision here as you're trying, as you you know, you're going for big plays, but I think he's worth a look at that price tag.
1: Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see about Brown's role. I mean, I, he, he just, he feels like a tournament guy, but he also saw 13 targets. Last week, so you know, at sixty one hundred bucks, I I think he's not a crazy playing cash games
0: on the tournament side. I'll also throw out Rex Burkett at forty six hundred and Carlos Hyde at six thousand against the Chargers D that's been weak in both run and pass D. Yuck, yuck on Hyde. <laughs> yeah. might play him against you in the Shark Duel just so I can laugh when he scores. Please do, please do. <laughs> All right, defense. What you got? Um, I think the Vikings in cash games,
1: um, forty two hundred bucks. Uh, great spot, obviously at home against the Raiders. Vikings already. They they have six sacks and five takeaways, and they've opened against Atlanta and Green Bay, who you know we we think are two of the better offenses in the league. So obviously the best spot so far for Minnesota, eight point home favorites against the Raiders. The Raiders have the third lowest implied total on the week. I don't know if I
0: think Green Bay is one of the better offenses. (laughs) We'll see. I think there's a possibility. Yep. I certainly like Minnesota at the top as well. Uh, You know, Pats and Cowboys would be in consideration just because of their matchups. Seahawks are also a little sneaky at thirty four hundred against Teddy Bridgewater, their home favorites, and mm-hmm. I mean, if you're really looking to save money, we got the Cardinals at 3200 at home against Kyle Allen, who, uh, I, I mean, Jared mentioned on the DraftKings pod that he was a <laughs> top recruit back in 2014, so you got to watch out for that, but a yeah. dude who started one NFL game, so, you know, there's there's some upside there.
1: Yes, I, I'll agree there's upside, and I think any defense price that low makes sense if it,
0: you know, hel- helps you get Another upgrade in your lineup. That's going to do it for this week three edition of the FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Kevin's picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. Check out our full week three rankings, complete with FanDuel dollars per point projections. And mess around with the lineup builder tool to try to win yourself some money this weekend. You can check back Saturday morning to see who Jared and I are playing against each other in round three of the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at Schauf DS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shalf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.